Welcome back, everyone, to This Is Not About Your Body. I'm Jess Nealand, and this is my podcast. And uh, so we just had Halloween, and I started thinking about costumes. I wanted to share some of my thoughts here with you because, and like most people who are conditioned uh, as women, I certainly spent the vast majority of my younger Halloween costume years uh, trying to look sexy, you know? I mean, it's become such a a cultural trope at this point that, you know, women dress sexy on Halloween, that it's sort of an excuse to wear something uh, much more, you know, skin tight or scandalous or, uh, you know, that there's certain beauty things that go with it. So it's like you're a cat, but you're a cat with like long fake eyelashes and high heels. And, you know, it's not about being in any way effective as the costume or authentic to the costume, but it's about looking good in the costume, looking attractive. So, you know, I did that too. And of course I was a self-objectifier. So any opportunity to kind of be culturally rewarded for showing off my body or looking high, I certainly enjoyed. And I think that a lot of women do enjoy it. Other women certainly feel a lot of pressure and insecurity around it and whatnot. But um, I think that when I was sort of challenging all this for the first time, I started going the other direction and was like, you know, the one in the um uh, like a baggy zip up kind of uh, jammy type uh, outfit because I was thinking, okay, you know, I spent, I spent so long trying to look sexy in Halloween. Now I'm going to go the other direction and like wear something totally unflattering that is like baggy and very silly, uh, maybe cute, but like mostly kind of silly. So I did that a little bit. Um, but yeah, now I'm in my mid thirties and, and I had Halloween you know, I have a niece and nephew, so I had to go to a Halloween party that was sort of like family friendly. Um, and I made an adorable, I thought, little costume for my partner and I, uh, where I was Peter Peter the pumpkin eater, uh, and my partner was a pumpkin. <laughs> so I did that and I really enjoyed it because I like making little things. You know, I like made our little t shirts or hoodies or whatever with tape. And anyway, I enjoyed the thing. But I was, as I was making it, I was thinking, like, wow, this is so different. I never, would have worn a hoodie to a Halloween party because it would have felt to me in my younger years, especially like my early mid twenties, like a wasted opportunity to basically like broadcast that I'm attractive. You know, it would have felt like, oh no, this is like what people who have given up on themselves would do is wear a hoodie and jeans. Uh, You know, it was the same reason that I wore skin tight stuff. You know, I would suck in my belly and wear a skin type top and I would feel uncomfortable all night and have like you know, gas and bloating and, and whatever, because I was like trying to eat dinner and look hot in a tight top. And now I would just wear baggy tops. Like there's just no need for that in my head anymore. But it used to feel like, oh, anybody who just wears a baggy top was kind of like giving up, you know, they were clearly just not willing to put the work in that us young, hot people were willing to put in. And, you know, I I specifically remember thinking this being like a parent thing. It was like, oh, once you become a parent, you don't care about this stuff anymore. But, you know, I am not a parent and I don't care about this stuff anymore. So I think maybe it's just an age thing or a, you know, a level of self-acceptance and body neutrality thing. But either way, I was thinking about this, both the beautifying of costumes and weirdly the uglifying of costumes. So this is kind of the two directions. On the one hand, a lot of women use Halloween and costume time as a way of looking particularly attractive 
But if you don't, the other direction is essentially to look as ugly as possible. So like think, you know, you're sort of old crone of a witch or. um, Yeah, I can't think of any other examples, but, you know, certainly we see examples of um, people in things that are intended to be essentially the opposite of sexy. Like they are supposed to look scary and ugly and gross, you know, zombies. Uh, if you're not a sexy zombie, you're going to be a disgusting zombie. Mummies. Um, yeah, all of these things like you, it can kind of go either way, but you sort of have to choose. And and it's pretty rare, I would say, for someone who's creating a Halloween costume in that way to to stay lateral in terms of attractiveness, to stay neutral. Like if you're in the middle of the road as uh, as far as cultural, conventional ideals of beauty go as a person, and then you put on a costume, it's unlikely that you're going to be middle of the road when you are in costume, right? Like typically a costume at this point, and this of course isn't necessarily, doesn't have to be true, but at this point culturally, your costume is either going to make you more better looking or less better looking. Like it is going to change your level of attractiveness to either less because you're disgusting, you've got like, you know, blood streaming down your face or like open wounds and, you know, like an axe through your head or whatever the the sort of scary, gross version of your costume would be, or more attractive because you're like a sexy cat with, you know, hair extensions and a skin tight uh, latex outfit and platform heels. And the whole thing with this is really interesting to think about. Because you you totally don't have to go either way, right? Like you could be, I don't know, the first uh, idea that jumps to mind here is like a scarecrow, right? Like you could be a neutral scarecrow. You could also be a sexy scarecrow and you could be a disgusting scarecrow, whatever that is. But what's interesting is when when we're talking about the horror uh, sort of show of a, of a yucky, scary costume, like an open wound, uh, you know, like disgusting, bloody costume. Of course, the disgust level there is, you know, it's obvious. It's it's corporeal. It's like bleeding wounds and and that kind of thing that like give us a disgust reaction. And if you haven't listened to my podcast before, you should go back. I can't remember which episode now, but um, I have talked a lot extensively about the relationship, the mutually exclusive relationship between disgust and attractiveness and how these are two um basically ends of one spectrum that it is the drawing near to something and the drawing away from something it's all on the same exact spectrum you can't be both um really drawn towards something and really drawn away from it at the same time generally speaking which is why like arousal i should say arousal and disgust are mutually exclusive and and we kind of play with this in costume land and halloween like we play with it because we say oh it would be interesting to be someone who is more conventionally attractive or less conventionally attractive for any number of reasons and we really we enjoy i think the sort of gaining or losing of status points in that kind of way it's a way of stepping outside of the status points of just normal day-to-day life i'm a person who is as close or far away to conventional beauty ideals as i happen to be today uh, until I put on this costume, in which case I am really, really, really far away because I'm covered in blood and gore, or I'm really, really, really close because I put on all this like sexy makeup and, you know, did whatever beauty work allowed this to be closer to those uh, beauty ideals. Um, but what's interesting, I think, is with the disgust of like yucky, gross or um, 
yeah, bodily <laughs> like ugliness through disgust, essentially. That doesn't necessarily bother me in any way because it's just a really interesting it's interesting. Like we don't want to disgust people uh the other, you know, 364 days a year or three days, whatever, however many days are in a year. Um, we don't normally want to disgust people because we generally, at the very least, want to be neutral or want to, you know, seem appealing, right? We want people to be drawn to us and not drawn away from us. So Halloween is a cool kind of place to invert that. And we're like, ooh, I'm going to disgust people today. That's interesting. Or I'm going to scare people today. And that's interesting. But the other thing we do with costumes is we uglify ourselves, which is different than making ourselves disgusting. It's different than making ourselves scary. It is very particularly an attempt to become more ugly, which is to say to move ourselves further away from beauty ideals. And an example of this would be like, you know, if you're playing a, an old crone or a witch or something and you put uh, warts on your nose and chin or, uh, you know, something to that effect. And then you are playing up. It's very intentional that you're like this gross, ugly old witch, right? Maybe you have like aged, you know, you spray white into your hair and you give yourself wrinkles or something. These are examples of making yourself less attractive because you have aged yourself up, which, as we know, in our culture is less attractive for women specifically, but also kind of for everyone is youth is seen as more superior, more beautiful, more attractive. Right. So by adding things like white hair. And wrinkles, there you go. You've just uglified yourself. And that's not disgusting and it's not scary. It's literally just you have looked at a spectrum of a hierarchy, I should say, of beauty ideals and moved yourself down it intentionally. I mean, most people don't necessarily think about it like from this perspective, but that's where I want to talk about it from. Because also, if you think about like the warts, for example, a person could have warts on their nose and on their chin. And they would know that because there is this association we have of a witch, an ugly old crony witch with a wart on her nose and a wart on her chin, that person who may have just been, you know, may just naturally have these things or maybe have like moles that look like it on their nose and chin that they were born with, um, they know that this is considered ugly. And the reason they know it's considered ugly is because of things like this. It is because we culturally accept that you can make yourself uglier by adding a nose or chin wart or, you know, mole or whatever it is that you're sort of adding. And this is like a really messed up thing, actually, if you think about it. And most people don't. But like, you really think about the fact that everything you do to uglify yourself has the potential to cause harm. Because anything that you consciously associate with ugliness that is most likely further away from the top of the beauty ideal hierarchy is going to send a message to the people who look at you because, you know, we know we nobody's confused. Nobody looks at your your uh, old crony witch and is like, ah, are you supposed to be a beautiful elderly witch? No, like everybody knows you are trying to be ugly or funny looking or um, unattractive, you know? So when there are these little subtle cues of aging yourself up or adding something like warts or moles, 
you are basically saying to everyone who looks at you on a super subliminal (laughs) subconscious level, I think these things are ugly. And so do you, or at least you should. And if you have these things, you should be sort of ashamed of them because they're ugly. You know what I'm saying? Now, what's interesting about this is we can see examples of it really intensely if we think about more um, overt systems of oppression. So, for example, I mean, obviously, like white people going in blackface, things like that. There's like major issues around Halloween costumes, um, cultural appropriation, inappropriate uh, things that white people have worn for any number of reasons that have been like really public in the last couple of years, especially uh, public as a conversation about why we we really why that's not acceptable, why it's not okay. Um, and who it causes harm to and why. Um, but but another example that's a little bit less talked about would be something like a person who wore a fat suit. So for any number of reasons, you know, let's say someone was dressed as um, a famous character who happens to be fat and they wore a fat suit in order to be that character. Or let's say it was like... Um, you know, somebody who actually was wearing the fat suit in the first place, like Fat Monica from Friends, for example, it was, you know, a very thin person who in the show was wearing a fat suit to portray a funny, uh, unattractive version of herself. So because of this, we can see how much harm that causes. In the second example, it's really clear because even in the show that I just named, it was super fat phobic, anti-fat bias everywhere because it was about how funny and unattractive this person was. Why? Because she was fat. That's the only thing that the entire plot line of Fat Monica and Friends hinged on. And that's often the case. But you could also see someone like, um, let's say in the movie Bridesmaids, um, and I forget the 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 character or the <laughs> shit, the um actress's name now, but there is that there is an actress who is legitimately in a larger body who plays a really, really funny character, but a huge part of the humor of this character is that she is fat. And so to play that character, if you were a thin person, is to sort of consciously signal to everyone that you are uglifying yourself. You are choosing to be someone who is funny and less attractive and in fact is funny because she's less attractive. She's funny because she's fat. And it's not always that simple because you could also play like, I mean, I don't know, the Queen of England or somebody, you know, you could totally play somebody who who is not known to be unattractive or fat as a humorous aspect of their character or as a shameful aspect of their character or whatever. But for a lot of people, that's literally what it's about. A lot of characters, that's literally what it's about, because that's how people in larger bodies tend to be portrayed um, in media, movies, TV, et cetera, et cetera. In a lot of ways, there is the aspect of this where, you know, a person wearing a fat suit is in some ways just cultural appropriation or at least similar to cultural appropriation, like a, a white person wearing blackface or uh you know a white person wearing um an indigenous um piece of clothing or costume or whatever because essentially the people who have been oppressed have been oppressed for these reasons for the color of their skin for the you know the look and sound and um 
meaning of their cultural rituals. Like for all of these reasons that they have been oppressed, it becomes like tokenized and it becomes a version of a costume for a white person to just throw on and say, oh, I get to do all of the fun part of this. You know, I get to like play in the space that's fun, even though if I actually had these features, I would have been subjected to extraordinary violence, genocide, um, ethnic cleansing, uh, slavery. You know, all of these horrible, horrible things have happened to these people at the hands of white folks. And then white folks put on the costume and get to play pretend for a day. And it's it's just so wildly inappropriate and offensive. And so we know now that that's not acceptable. And a very similar thing happens with a fat suit. Now, I'm not trying to compare or say it's as bad, but I do want to draw the comparison that the same pattern is playing out where a thin person with thin privilege can laugh at fat folks, be fat phobic, you know, uh, oppress people in larger bodies on either on accident or consciously and, and intentionally through their choices, through who they hire, through who they're friends with, through the biases they have and assumptions they make about people and on and on and on. They can do that and then put on a fat suit for one night a year and get to enjoy the humorous part. Oh, haha, it's so fat. So funny. It's so ugly. It's so gross. It's so whatever, right? So they, they kind of sweep in with all of their privilege and none of the oppression that goes along with this body or this character. And they, they make a joke out of it or they make it fun for themselves to benefit for one night. And they don't often even think about the oppression that the inappropriateness that this is, you know, that the offensiveness that this is because people who are actually in that size of body are being oppressed daily. They are being subjected to violence and neglect and a lack of opportunities and access. And they're being harmed constantly because of the size of their body. So I hope that makes sense, right? Like it is so inappropriate to consciously do something like that where you are saying, I am going to give up my privilege for the day. And instead be, you know, it's like a little bit of like, oh, I'm going to slum it, right? Like I'm going to, I'm going to be a part of the peasantry and the king dresses up like a peasant and is like, ha ha ha, isn't it so funny? Imagine if I were a peasant and I was so poor, you know, it's wildly inappropriate and offensive. And hopefully that is clear. But the thing that I think is so interesting about this is we do this constantly without even realizing it because we don't think about our costumes as being moving towards or moving away from cultural beauty ideals. We don't think about it. Well, we do think about them being prettifying. Like it's totally a conversation about how women especially use their costumes to look more attractive, to look sexier or prettier. We don't talk about the flip side of it being people who use their costumes to look funny or gross or less attractive or uglier. But it absolutely is. So let's say that you put these warts on your face as a witch. You are doing the same thing. You're like, ha ha ha. You know, isn't it so funny that I have these warts? Or isn't it so gross and, uh, you know, yucky that I have these warts? And yet there's somebody out there who has those warts. And that person is subjected to a culture in which you, who is not in any way disadvantaged by the way your face looks, gets to pretend to be disadvantaged for one night just to sweep in and take all of the like fun or joy or humor or reactions from people or whatever it is, the irony, any of it. 
And it's it is essentially just body oppression because you can't you literally can't believe that warts that make you into an ugly old crone exist without, you know, really believing that people who have them are less attractive and therefore really upholding this system, this hierarchical system of body oppression through beauty ideals. Just like you can't believe that a person is more attractive without them, without believing they're less attractive with them. Like if you buy into half of this hierarchy, you've bought into the whole hierarchy. It is impossible to say you like one thing better and think it's more attractive without also having just said that you think the, uh, the opposite of that is less attractive. You can't think someone is superior for one aspect without saying that someone is inferior for the opposite aspect. So that's why when we think about when I think about body liberation and fighting body oppression, costumes matter. Just as much, I would say, as, um, you know, the recent understanding we have around racial um, and cultural appropriation has changed what is essentially acceptable for costumes. And we have to be a lot more thoughtful about the ways in which we costume ourselves because of how offensive and inappropriate a lot of what used to be considered normal costumes really is to the people who um are are connected to that history that lineage that uh that race that body type that skin color etc cetera, etc cetera. the same should be true of what we consider ugly and what we consider pretty or sexy or whatever attractive and like i said i really don't take issue with like disgusting in that kind of corporeal way like like bleeding wounds because that to me is a little bit more biological. Like we have a disgust reaction to certain bodily fluids because they could get us sick, right? It's pathogen disgust, it's inborn and it keeps us safe. So that that feels a little bit less like problematic to me versus uglifying for uglifying sake inside of the hierarchy of beauty ideals. Um, you know, and <laughs> it would be a really silly example, but like imagine if someone who had like a thigh gap you know, for Halloween, taped uh, some uh, type of prosthetic to their thighs or whatever. So they went in costume as a person with no thigh gap. Like, obviously, it's a ridiculous example because it would be a terrible costume. But like, that is essentially what people are doing when they do these uglifying things. They are stating to the world, I believe what I've just done is less attractive and worthy of being laughed at, worthy of being disgusting, worthy of being scary or, you know, gross or ugly or whatever, because I, I had the original thing and it's good. And now I'm this character, you know, who is, who is bad or whatever. Now, granted, it, it kind of depends, right? Like if you were I don't know, doing this thing where you, you added prosthetics to your thighs in order to be a Disney princess or something, someone who we consider beautiful and attractive, that might totally, you know, throw this whole conversation into a totally different nuanced direction. But I, what I'm imagining is somebody does the thigh thing where then they're like an ugly costume. They're, um, they're intended to be less attractive. And maybe that's just like, a, like I said, the, the king and the peasant example. It's like, 
ha ha ha, wouldn't it be funny if I was this? Or maybe it's more specific, like I'm playing a villain who is fat, you know, or or who is more curvaceous than I am. In which case, the the sort of, you know, uh, badness of the character is displayed in their villainry. Um, anyway, all of this is to say, I just think we should be more thoughtful about our costumes and the ways in which we dress up in this space, particularly in Halloween, but also any other time that you're doing costumery. And I think it's just a really interesting conversation to have throughout the rest of the year, too. Um, you know, think about the many ways in which you try to make yourself look more attractive. You know, if that means like you get your nails done, you use a body scrub or exfoliant, you blow dry your hair and you curl your eyelashes, like, you know, those are some really simple things that don't inherently cause any problems for anyone. But you do those things and descend a little teensy tiny little uh, subconscious message to everybody who sees you that you have done these things. Especially people who actually know what you look like naturally versus who know what you do, right? So if you just met a stranger once, you wouldn't necessarily know they curled their eyelashes or used an exfoliant. But people are constantly doing these things, which tells us that rough skin texture and straight eyelashes are considered less attractive, that they're uglier. It reinforces the hierarchy to participate in trying to make yourself more attractive, whether that's day-to-day beauty work, which again, I'm not judging anyone for doing it. This is a totally huge conversation we could have another day. Um, But it is something to consider that you are sending the message. I am better looking now because I curled my eyelashes, which means straight eyelashes are less good looking or, you know, because I'm wearing um, blush, which means that pinker cheeks are more attractive than paler cheeks or whatever it is. You're constantly sending that message in any way that you participate in beauty work to be more attractive, but you're also doing that in the opposite when and if you participate in uglifying costumes, whatever that is, because you, if you're not trying to be a sexy witch, right, you probably wouldn't curl your eyelashes and put mascara on and, you know, wear, I don't know, lip balm, tinted lip balm. And I don't know, I can't even think of the beauty work now, but you wouldn't do those things because you're trying to be an ugly witch. So you'd have the opposite of all those things, you know, and this adds up. If you were a person who was aging and uh, had warts on your face and every year you saw a bunch of people pretending to look like you because it's so funny to be ugly like you, just think how that would feel. It would be horrible, right? It would be horrible because it's upholding this really brutal and honestly, I think, rather violent um, message that is who is worthy of being seen as beautiful and who is not, who is worthy of being upheld as good and, and right. And who is worthy of being, you know, stripped of dignity and disgraced and shamed. So even though I'm, I'm certainly not, I would never be like, Oh, if you've ever done this, you're a bad person or anything. Like I am bringing thoughtfulness to the conversation And I would hope that you can hear that and consider for yourself, like, where have you been in this conversation? Where has your costumes been? What does this mean for you? Maybe you don't dress up at all. And all this is entirely hypothetical and just interesting to kind of sort of spelunk around in the world of how we uphold systems of oppression really subtly. But maybe you have participated, right? Maybe you are someone who loves ugly costumes. And I would just invite you to be really, really curious about that. What does it mean? What does it send a message about and to whom? And why does that appeal to you? And, and 
just sort of moving through this for yourself because again, there isn't, well, I would say there, there does to me feel like there's a right and a wrong in this space, but I don't think that it's going to be that cut and dry for everyone. And I certainly don't think that if you've done something that you would now maybe be more thoughtful about that, that main means anything about you in a negative way. I just invite us to be curious. And as always, like harm reduction for me is the goal. So I would not from here on wear a costume that was intentionally uglifying um, myself through any means that could possibly cause harm. Probably through any means at all, because I can't think of a way in which I would do that without causing harm to someone somewhere. And again, it's like if I dress up as a, a I don't know, some alien or, or fantasy creature, then I'm probably not causing harm to anyone. Because even if I'm ugly, but I'm like, you know, a very specific character that is not human, that might not cause any harm. Just the same as like being a, you know, a person with an axe through my head and blood running down my neck might not cause anyone harm. These are not my style costumes anyway. But like, this is where I say there's not necessarily a cut and dry answer to what is or isn't appropriate. But I do think we should all be a lot more thoughtful and consider what we're doing when we're doing it, both in the space of day-to-day beauty work to be more attractive um, and in costumes, we're either doing beauty work to be more attractive or we're doing ugliness work or however we want to call about this kind of thing to be less attractive, what that means and everything and uh, and what happens culturally when we all do that. Um. Yeah, that's everything. Thank you so much for listening to my podcast. Um, if you love my work and want to reach out, you can find me on Instagram at Jesse Neeland or my website, jessineeland.com. And also, if you want to support it via Patreon, you can find that on my Instagram page. Um, I love making these episodes for you every week. And uh, it would mean a lot to me if you wanted to support that work, the, the content that I make for free. I also have YouTube videos for you on YouTube. And, uh, you know, I make free, uh, content on Instagram and I send an email to my mailing list every week. I call transparent Tuesday and you can get on my mailing list. Um, also on my Instagram bio, if you want to hear from me every week that way. So there's a ton of ways to connect and, um, I'm just happy you're here and I look forward to, uh, talking to you soon.